Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete. And I'm Diane. And we are here for another uh, conversation podcast. Uh, episode 55. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. Yes, it is. So usually at the beginning we kind of do a recap of what's new or things like that. But um, we also picked a couple things we wanted to talk about, right? Yes, for sure. Um... So if I may, actually, I'd like to launch into something. Yeah. Um, we talked about, near the ending of the last episode, we talked about Mother's Day. And we're mm-hmm. quickly approaching Father's Day. And, and I put it out there. I wanted to hear some opinions from people who are listening. And, and I got one. And I, I kind of wanted to share it. Perfect. Um, so the listener says that they agree that, yes, uh, the child should be the one taking care of Father's Day. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but um, certainly, okay, so the father, in my opinion, shouldn't do all the work, but I think it is res- his responsibility to take the kids shopping or crafting to make a mama card, mm-hmm. I guess, when they're uh, younger. Younger, yes. Um, but if the dad wants to honor his wife for being a mother to their children, for being a wonderful mom, then of course he should. Why not? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess that's probably where you feel about it. Um <laughs> <laughs> One other fun thing that uh, the listener pointed out was uh, there was some irony in that I said that I forgot it was Mother's Day, and I am the kid, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't do anything special for Mother's Day. But I will counterreact and just say I actually did something nice for her the week before we, we had dinner with her. So Yes, and I we brought I, over a card and some flowers. Yeah. And, yes. So really the consensus is coming what I'm seeing here consistently anyway is let's not focus so much on the idea of a Mother's Day and like it can be flexible. It can be the day after. It can mm-hmm. be the week before. And maybe that's how you get around because that, that was the big conundrum I didn't understand is it's a lot like Christmas. Like how are you supposed to yes. spend Mother's Day with your own mother and with your in-law's mother or with your children with their mother, right? Well, and the point brought up too from this listener was what if a mother needs to make sure that their mother is taken care of, but they would also like a break because they themselves are a mother Mm -hmm. and they don't want to be having to drive all over the place or having to, you know, cook an elaborate dinner or something when the idea is that that day is a break for them. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So Father's Day is coming up. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm already thinking about that. I'm probably going to do Father's Day on a Monday. So I'm yeah. putting some plans together. You had a great that. idea to kind of gather your family together. Yeah, just me and the bros and probably going to take Pop out to a bar or something. Maybe on a on not Father's Day. Because if any, anything, we learned from our Guelph trip that, yeah, taking... Uh, Going to breakfast on Mother's Day is a very busy day. Yes. Because everyone's bringing their mom to, to uh, breakfast. So that was probably poor planning on our part. So I was thinking uh, planning much like this feedback I'm getting. It doesn't really matter if it's the day, but it, it's good to sort of work around it. Definitely. So just wanted to get that in there, cover that real quick. Because <laughs> it was interesting to sort of get a little feedback on it. Because they both agree and also, I don't know. There's not just one way to look at anything, I guess. Oh, definitely not. Lots of opinions. All right. So did you want to share any stories from this week? 
Um, sure. I'm very excited because I submitted a first draft of my lit review for my thesis and I sent it to my prof and he was very quick in reading it over and giving me feedback. And I'm used to sending drafts of papers or introductions or abstracts to him and they'll come back to me basically completely rewritten. Mm -hmm. And he'll say in the email, I just uh, rewrote some sections there in red. Uh, just tell me what you think which is basically him rewriting the whole thing usually. And I say, that sounds nice. <laughs> and <laughs> we move on. Uh, but with my lit review, there were significant pages that were not touched at all that he read through and said, no, this is correct. This is good. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to add to this section. And I thought, oh, hey. That's a good sign. Go me. <laughs> that or he's tired and doesn't want to deal with it anymore. It could be. A lot of those sections were just pathways. So they were a lot of this activates this, which activates this, which then activates this. Uh, so there's not really many ways that you can word that. But the good news is that they were correct pathways. So I yeah. feel a boost of confidence and I'm continuing to just work on some edits that needed to be done. And uh, yeah. Feeling like I'm actually getting stuff done. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So what's new with me, I guess, there's only a couple things I've been doing, or a, th a few things. Like, I go to work. Yep. I play music. Yes. And I play games. Definitely. Um, one fun thing that's been happening over the last few weeks, and we, we touched on it in a podcast a while ago, was the RetroPie thing. And I never actually talked about how I got it working. Because mm -hmm. it was such a frustration for such a long time. That's but, true. But... Uh, you know, within like a few weeks, I had it up and running. And I'm really happy about that because that's pretty cool. And that has been really fun for uh, people coming over, sort of dipping into some retro classic games from the 80s and 90s. Um, what I wanted to talk about from the band perspective, it was kind of fun. Uh, on uh, Friday, going into Saturday night, we got some more followers. Um, we got raided recently by a pretty big uh, Twitch celebrity who brought in a lot of followers for us, which has been great. Um, but this weekend it was kind of fun. Uh, we were playing and this guy's like, so what's your names and all that? And it's like, I don't know. I was thinking about it and, uh, it kind of occurred to me as I was thinking about it that on our podcast, we kind of use fake names all the time. Yes. Like they're always a pun of some sorts. Well, yeah. And you have multiple fake names. It's different. Every episode is like, this guy plays this and this guy plays that. Mm -hmm. So I think the last one was, uh. Doc and Marty or something from Back to the Future. Okay, nice. Or whatever it might be, Mario Luigi or something. But the fun thing is, before I could come up with a clever answer, he, uh, he was remarking on the fact that a lot of people said, my brother in the band sounds a little bit like Edge from U2. Okay. And when we live stream, I usually wear my avatar shades. Yep. So he's like, are, are your guys' names... Oh, your shades, a aviator shades. Yeah, he's like, is your is your name Shades and Edge? And I was like, <laughs> they are now. That's an awesome hunk of names. Like, that, uh, yeah, we're gonna do that. That's that is our names now. So Shades and Edge. Shades and Edge. And uh, yeah, field processor. I guess there's already a guitarist with the Edge though. He's the Edge. Yes. So this is other Edge, or just Edge, or just Edge, yeah. or Shades and Edge. Yes. Like you come as a pair. Oh yeah. There's no separating. Yes. So he shades an edge. But it's still Bono part. and the edge, right? It's not Bono and edge. Sure, fine. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. I thought that was kind of fun. That is fun. Um, and yeah, the other thing is this work. Um, I got an article I want to talk about later. I'll, we'll wait for that. We'll leave that to the end. Excellent. So uh, I can touch on that a little bit more later. 
Cool. On to you. Nice. Uh, another thing that I did recently, and it's why we didn't podcast last weekend, is because I was visiting my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she lives near Ottawa, so I can take the train to go visit her, which is awesome. The train was an hour late going to her. Uh, but once you hit that threshold, you get 50% off your next ticket. So nice bonus. Um, I've always wondered about this. Um, the late train? The Ottawa train in general. I've taken it a couple times with you. Mm-hmm. And every time, it's late. Yep. And it's late so consistently <laughs> that I wonder why they don't just alter their schedule to say, you know, leaves at 8 o'clock, arrives at... 10.30 instead of 10, whatever it is. I, I don't remember the exact numbers. Mm-hmm. But if it's always a half hour late, and it has been every time I've taken it with you. Yes. Why don't you just change your schedule? Like, obviously, it's always <laughs> late. So, I, yeah, I was surprised to hear again from you. You're like, yeah, it was late again. Yes. But it was so late that you got uh, 50% off your next. Yeah, and that right. hasn't happened with us before because I guess we haven't been late enough mm. to qualify for such a discount. Nice. Um, and I don't know. It always seems like it's, while it can be consistently late, it's not consistently late due to the same problem. So somehow or something always happens while you're going, whether it be this time it was signal problems, which I thought was hilarious because we always have signal problems with the TTC TTC, and I just can't avoid them on any piece of public transportation. Um, And then, you know, you wait for freight trains. And uh, at one point the train I was on, half of it was going to Montreal and half of it was going to Ottawa. So at some point you have to detach from each other. Oh, really? And that... They're like, we're just going to power down for a moment. It was not a moment. It was like 10 minutes. Anyways. While you're in the car? Yeah, while you're in the train. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's like in the middle of the train. I didn't get like a good off the lights. look it's at like, it. Yeah, we're just, we're just going to power off for a while here. <laughs> well, and I guess then they unhook like the back of one train and the front of another. I, I don't know. That's pretty crazy. Um, yes. So that was a, that was a thing. Um, so I did finally get to visit my grandmother. And we had a lovely time. It was nice weather, so we were able to, you know, go outside or, um, yeah, not have too much trouble getting about. Um, and what was interesting was I go to York University, yep. and it's a very uh, social activist-oriented university. I would say a very liberal-minded university, um, more so than others. Like, we always, every four years, we always have a strike because... Our workers are always fighting for better rights. There's always, you know, big demonstrations and people wanting to campaign or demonstrate for, you know, fair wages and equal rights for women and that sort of thing. So I'm used to that environment a lot. And when I was at my grandmother's retirement home, um, all the people in the retirement home were very excited and wanting to see what would happen with the conservative party leadership race right? because they are uh, electing a new leader. And of course, this is miles from my mind because I'm never <laughs> in an environment where we really pay attention to the conservative party because right. we don't really follow them, follow their ideology, I guess. Yeah. And when you shared this information first with me, I was thinking conservative party is a big hit with that demographic. Yes. Like those older, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, what did you say, 60 to 80 or something? Like it, it seems like the Conservative Party does appeal more to uh, older people, it seems. Yes. I certainly know people my age group, like grew up in the 80s, 90s, uh, tend to be more liberal. 
Yes. So I do think age has certain certain thing to do with it. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought it was uh, interesting. Um, and uh, the TV networks were all covering this leadership race. And the way I guess it goes is you get a ballot with everyone's name and you basically rank them one to 13 or however many they are. And then they go through various rounds of the ballots and counting how many people voted for each person. And you basically keep doing that, all those different rounds of voting, until you get to a point where someone has won 50% of the vote. Yeah. And they are elected the new leader. Yeah. Um, so there was someone named Maxime Bernier. Maxime. Maxime Bernier mm. from Quebec. Um, has a pretty thick French accent. You can understand him. Uh, so he was thought to be the front runner will say and he was leading in the polls and everyone thought that he would win mm -hmm. the evening yeah. uh, there were some other people um someone named Aaron O'Toole was kind of you know second third someone named Andrew Shear was second third and my grandmother really liked those two she liked their speeches their final speeches that they gave she liked how they spoke um liked their policies she thought they would do well as the leader mm -hmm. um wasn't so big a fan of Maxime Bernier, um, and he's had some controversy in the past. Uh, so she wasn't quite sure about him. But anyways, so we watched this evening, and it takes forever because they have to go through all these different ballots. And sometimes they'll just announce one ballot, and sometimes they'll announce, like, ballot four, five, and six yeah. so we can, you know, kind of move through things and eliminate people because there's, like, 13 candidates, so it seems yeah. like it's going to take forever. This sounds like the perfect thing to watch with a grandmother because I don't, I don't picture us watching this... Oh, no. In our own daily life at any point. Like, yeah. This sounds horribly, sorry sorry to say this out loud, <laughs> but it sounds horribly uninteresting. Like, it can be rather boring, but when you have someone commenting, and of course, then yeah. grandmother and I are, are gossiping about, well, how many children they have and yes. things that happened. As and, they do, yes. Um, yeah, and they made uh, a point of uh, celebrating the person who was the interim leader. Okay. So Stephen Harper stepped down after he lost the election. And they needed someone to fill the gap before they could elect someone new. Mm -hmm. So the interim leader was uh, Rana Ambrose. Um, and she did a very good job from what I hear. Oh, so she was popular um, too. Yeah, she was popular. But she was leaving politics after her term as interim leader. Oh, okay. So she did not run as part of the group. Uh, but she seemed to be very popular. And um, she is a woman. And she was, <laughs> duh, and she was uh, fighting for women's rights while she was interim leader. So I think she was almost like a bridge between maybe those very conservative people and those who did want to see, you know, equality and those kinds of things brought to the forefront. Right. Uh, so that was kind of nice uh, for her. Uh, anyways. Uh, so how did it go? How did it go? Maxime Bernier was leading after 12 ballots and on the 13th ballot, he lost by 2%. To who? Yeah, it was 51 to 49. Who and won? Andrew Shear won. Andrew Shear. Andrew Shear is uh, from Saskatchewan. Wow. Yeah. Um, the first conservative party leader from Saskatchewan since someone named John Diefenbaker. Diefenbaker. Yeah. That's how far Love back it goes. Names. I know. Love these names. Um, and Andrew Shear has five children. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Five children um, and, uh, and pretty young children. The youngest one is a baby, just kind of being carried around by 
Wow. Their so mother. that's going to be his platform, right? Family, everything. So he has, yeah. And his big message was, you know, he grew up in the Pierre Trudeau era and he uh, quote something along the lines of did not want to leave his children in the same economic mess as his generation was left with wow. <laughs> after the last Trudeau. Huh. Yeah. Um, so fighting words. Um, he has, he was described many times as a smiling Stephen Harper. <laughs> so someone who had similar um, kind of policy oh. as Stephen Harper. Should call him less robotic then. Le- yes. See, same policies as Stephen Harper, but he smiled more and seemed much more personable, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was kind of his uh, nickname, I guess. Uh, so we'll see how he goes. He does, he does speak very well, and he's pretty much completely bilingual. Okay. So he's not a, um, we'll say Kevin O'Leary was in the race for a while and he's definitely not bilingual at all. And that probably would have been horrid because he really can't speak French. So yeah. this person can and can appeal to that Quebec demographic, which that is going to be horrible, important. Actually. That would have been hilarious if he did win. Cause then we would have like our, can- the Canadian Trump. Basically. Pretty much. Uh, yes. Business, 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 yelling, I'm a personality on TV, blah, 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 look at me, Kevin O'Leary, that'd be mm-hmm. great. Let's have that be someone that we have representing this great. Yes. Anyways, he bowed out <clears> of the <throat> leadership race, and now Good. we have Andrew Scheer. So we'll see what will happen. They have a lot of unifying to do of their party. I feel like the conservative party, well, much like liberals, like there's a scale. Yeah. Um, and there can be people who are very, we'll say, economically they align very well with the conservative party, but maybe in terms of um, kind of social welfare or, you know, things like abortion or same-sex marriage, they do not align with a lot of other conservatives. Mm -hmm. So there's a big bridging and unifying that kind of needs to happen. Cool. Yeah. So for the rest of the weekend, mm -hmm. uh, from what I remember going to visit your grandma, there's a lot of time just sort of sitting Yes. You'll be watching TV, you'll sit, uh, maybe you'll move to like down to the dining room to yes. sit. Yes. And then you'll move back over to the sofa to sit and talk. And yes. It's just a lot of sitting, maybe in different mm-hmm. locations. Mm-hmm. Would you say that was an accurate representation of your weekend? Yes. I, <laughs> I would say so. We did go, it was a nice day, so we went to go visit my aunt at her lake. So there was sitting there and nice. having drinks. And then there was, yeah, sitting for meals and then sitting watching uh, the leadership hopefuls. Um, mm-hmm. So I would, you know, often get up and do some stretches and my back was sore. I've <laughs> been developing some hip slash low back pain of some kind. So it's important to me to stand up and sit down and stretch yeah. <laughs> various intervals. So I was trying to still do that. Um and then the following day was nice too, and she wanted to get out, and we drove to kind of a cool walking trail and went for a little walk, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, yeah. So yes, there was lots of sitting, but there was lots of moving to and fro and little tasks to complete. So helped her out and had a really nice visit. I know I, I bond really, I'm very close to my grandmother. I think it's wonderful that you just decided to to meet her. Like you didn't need something like a Mother's Day to pay attention to your grandma no and i almost feel just thinking hey i should visit her yeah and i almost feel it's nicer to go at kind of a random weekend because 
when it is Mother's Day or Easter, a lot of the family is up near her and they'll make a point of gathering and inviting her and including her. So it's the weekends when all that stuff isn't happen happening and everyone's going about their daily lives that it's nice to have a bit of a change and and a meetup. So I just quickly looked it up and mm-hmm. and there is a grandparents' day. Yes. Celebrated in the US and the UK on September tenth. I believe I've seen that come up in my, you know, my like day planners that I have every once in a while. But yeah, I don't feel like I need to specifically visit them on Grandparents Day. Hmm. But it exists. Well, that's nice. And I've thoroughly enjoyed having my grandparents be a part of my upbringing. Oh yeah, they they certainly have an importance mm-hmm. in in good families. Yes. <laughs> well, and you as well. You're also very close to your grandparents, so. Yeah. Well, both of my grandfathers were really important to me growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, lost them both very very young, but mm-hmm. uh, I would say that their influence has extended long beyond uh, their own life. Oh, most to, definitely. To all of us. Um, great. Anything else about Otto you want to share? I believe that was it. On the train coming back, it was completely on time. Oh. Yes. So it does happen. So it does happen. And did you get that ticket 50% off? Um, or is that so for next So it's time? for my next trip, okay. and I have to use it within six months. Well, which conveniently it's the summer coming up yeah. and I do often make a trip up to that region around the summertime because then we can go in the lake. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Cool. That's great. I bet your grandma's really pleased that you got 50% off then. Oh yes. She can visit again. If she was more mobile, she'd be down to the train station yelling at them every single time that train was late. <laughs> <laughs> she is not afraid to share her opinion. Oh, that's very true. Very, very true. All right. So, I wanted to share an article I looked up because I thought it was really quite hilarious. Yeah, you Um, have this smile on your face. (laughs) uh, uh, Just since January, it's been a little bit challenging at my workplace. And, uh, you know, I've just sort of been thinking about, you know, my loyalties for this company after they've basically shown no loyalty to any of the coworkers I have. And Mm -hmm. since uh, last year, our site went from having some like 20 employees down to about three. So I'm one of the last. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, their, their way of running a business doesn't seem like they have any logic to it. So I just one day while I was at work decided, hey, I'm going to look up the worst companies to work for. And I got an article oh, on nice. that. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to say the company I work for. We're not going to no. go and do that. I don't want to badmouth anyone. But it is on this list, is the spoiler. Interesting. It's one of these 10. So uh, we'll just go. This is from the Huffington Post. Okay. Um, I did look up a few other ones, and uh, the company I work for actually made it on all of the lists. But uh, I think this one I kept just because it was the most well-written, I guess. Ooh, way to go, HuffPost. Yeah, so uh, in number 10, we have Kraft Heinz. Really? Um, Kraft Heinz? Yeah. With a rating of 2.6, I believe out of 10. Out of 10? Wow. Um, about 42,000 employers, employees, sorry. Okay. Um, and let's see, what are they saying is wrong with them? There was a merger between Kraft and Heinz, had a negative impact. And oh, it's 2.6 out of 5, my mistake. So not as bad as I thought. The corporate leaders don't truly respect or care about their employees. They only care about making money off of them. Yeah, you're going to hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Number and nine. Heinz no longer makes their ketchup out of Canadian tomatoes or oh something goodness, like that. Oh my goodness, that's another reason to drop the rating right there. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Dillard's. I don't even know what Dillard's is. Does it say? Uh, it's a department store chain. has nearly 300 locations across 29 states. This is going to be, I guess, very American-centric. Oh. Um, it's got a rating of 2.6 as well out of five hmm. with 40,000 employees. Not only is employee morale suffering at Dillard's, but it seems business is as well. Ooh. Would they be competing with Walmart? Uh, or are they like a, a Sears the Bay type of thing? Uh, yeah, they look kind of Walmarty. Mm, okay. It's an American thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I actually was surprised even exists. This must be because it's American again. It's number eight, Radio Shack. Oh. <laughs> Rating 2.6 again. Huh. Um, because I remember them filing for bankruptcy a long time ago. They don't exist in uh, Canada anymore. No, yeah. So, yeah. But we I guess they're still have... trying to get around. Um, I guess it's just uh, employees don't like the fact that they're just constantly having pressure to sell cell phones and that there is a very uh, high turnover rate because business is not good. Yep. Number seven, Dish. Rating 2.6 as well. 18,000 employees. Uh, Subscription television service. Right. Notorious for poor customer relations. So the customers don't like them and the employees don't either. So So how are they still (laughs) Low employee morale (laughs) having an impact on it. The company's Hmm. stock price has fallen by 25% in the past year. Ouch. Next up, we got Kmart. Oh, 2.6 out of 5. Wow. Kmart is another retailer with declining sales. I don't think Kmart's in Canada anymore either. No, or there might be only like one or two left. Um, the biggest complaint is low pay, long hours, and out-of-touch management. Common theme. Yeah, we're going to hear a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Next up is Xerox, also with a 2.6 out of 5. Wow. Employees, 143,000. Damn. Ooh, uh, that's a lot. Xerox employees are far more likely to be dissatisfied with their jobs than employees at most other major U.S. companies. Hmm. Interesting. And what else we got? In addition to low employee morale, lack of confidence in company leadership, and their sales have declined in recent years, mm-hmm. down 18 to $19.5 billion. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Sears, number four, 2.6 again. <laughs> is everyone 2.6? Yeah, I, I was going to so. say, is everyone just, if you're bad, you're 2.6, and if you're average, you're just three and above? Yeah, we should probably look just at how on. they're getting the ratings. I think it was all through Glassdoor. Okay, um, which is a... It's sort of like LinkedIn, LinkedIn. but mm-hmm. the nice thing about Glassdoor is it allows the... You can share uh, reviews of your companies. Right. And I think Glassdoor is kind of behind a paywall, but by doing reviews, you get access to the service for free, which is how they get reviews. Uh-huh. It's pretty okay. smart, actually. Uh, so Sears, uh, low employee morale is likely affecting customers' shopping experience. Okay. <laughs> Probably. I know there are definitely only a few Sears left yeah. open in Canada. And obviously the states. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and also, it's not the Sears Tower anymore. When That's you right. went, to when Chicago, I went to Chicago, yeah, something's Willis. going on. <laughs> yeah, 
So according to American Customer Satisfaction Index, Sears ranks as the second worst department store for customer satisfaction. Woo. And even better, uh, Sears also owns Kmart, an equally unpopular company to work for, <laughs> which we mentioned earlier. So all Whoa. winners there. <laughs> yeah. Number three, the family dollar stores. All right. Oh. We got 2.5, so we finally went down a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a discount store, similar to dollar stores that we have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, formerly acquired by Dollar Tree. Well, this is very American, I guess. Uh, CEO is very unpopular with their employees. Ooh. First time I think we've heard a CEO specifically is unpopular. Yeah. Low pay, long hours, unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Come on, guys. It's a dollar store. <laughs> yeah. How much do <laughs> you think you're going to make? I don't know. I don't know. It's not just, it's not just the people like in, in the retail. Like you got to think also all of these businesses, they do have people working in design, working in management, working sure. all over the place. Right? Yep. Uh, number two, Express Scripts. This What's... is a healthcare plan. Oh, okay. Third-party administrative prescription drugs for various commercial and government health plans. All right. Hmm. Uh, average employee rating of 2.5 out of 5, tied for the lowest of any U.S. company. Uh, let's see. Negative employee sentiment, blah, 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 left with the former CEO. So possibly better. Hmm. And here's the number one. This is the one that totally, totally caught me off guard. <laughs> is? Forever 21. <laughs> Rating 2.5 out of 5. Really? I think you told me this and I said, what? Yeah. How? What? What is so bad about Forever 21? Yeah. yeah. Please explain. So over the years, the store has been hit with several high profile lawsuits, including several filed by employees. Ooh. In 2012... Five Forever 21 employees filed a class action lawsuit against the company. Plaintiffs claimed that their coworkers were routinely detained in the store during lunch breaks and after their shifts without overtime pay so that managers could search their bags for stolen merchandise. Uh, many employees on Glassdoor complain of not going, getting to leave the store until 2 a.m. or later, hours after the store closes with Whoa. no overtime pay for the extra hours. That just sounds wrong. Well, yes, that is lawsuit-worthy material. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. And can you imagine? And I've worked for places like that where management is sketchy. And yeah, I've, I've had some bad jobs too. So uh, it's great that this is public at least out there. So <laughs> think about that next time you're in a mall. Yeah. Buying something from Forever 21. Maybe be nice to your retailer, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> your little salesperson there. Wow. Yeah, so those are the 10 worst companies to work for, according to the Huffington Post. Does it make you feel better that uh, other that people might be feeling the same sentiments as you? Well, I'm just finding in general, anything that's like a large corp is mm-hmm. uh, generally hitting the same problems. Yes. Um, retail in general is, is failing. Uh, Amazon's kicking butt, you know. Same thing with technology. Like you, you just hear about Apple and Google now. It's like any of the other ones, whether it's Microsoft or I don't know who else is out there. <laughs> All those other technology companies mm-hmm. are either being eaten or they're just suffering. Uh, BlackBerry, yeah, mm. very very difficult. Um, but yeah, 
that is that is the reality of the situation. It makes me wonder if I should just become an upstart and just leave it all. Mm, work from home, independent contractor. Mm, something. Mm-hmm. Also gets me very excited about entering the workforce. Oh, does it ever? <laughs> Your first time working. Maybe I just now have a really good idea about what's out there and what's, what I can possibly run into so I can be prepared. So just don't work at Forever 21 with your PhD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perhaps try and avoid that. But a lot of places have issues. I know even working for universities, you can mm-hmm. face a lot of bureaucracy. Oh, yeah. And things not moving as quickly as you'd like them to, or just communication, complete breakdowns in communication. Yeah. Yeah. I know that can happen too. So sometimes you can be in a big company and you have a really cool little spot in it too. Though, yeah. Or your manager is great. Your mm-hmm. coworkers are great. And you guys are having a great time and you read these things online and you go, what? People yeah. don't like this company. It's great where I am. Mm-hmm, so for sure. there is, there's always perspective to all these things for sure. Um, yeah. And that is, that's that. Nice. So shall we uh, close up the episode? I think so. All right then. Mm -hmm. So if anybody has any feedback, uh, stories to share, thoughts, whatever, send it our way. We got an email address, ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. Yes, it'd be interesting to see if other people have insights from other corporations or Mm. industries out there. Mm -hmm. And maybe their thoughts on this uh, new leader that we have for the Conservative Party. Boom. And uh, don't forget to check out Field Processor if you are on the internet around 11 p.m. on Friday nights. Check out their Twitch stream. The live show, yeah. Their live show. It's pretty awesome. Um, And uh, they're uh, growing in numbers of followers. Shades and Edge. Yeah. Live. So check them out. Um, And uh, yeah. Until next time. Take one more. For the road. Yeah.